Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up? This is William and Caleb from Modern Day Escape. You're listening to Sebastian with The Loud Spot. Check it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian Cosme, right out of Oklahoma City. And tonight, I am hanging out with Modern Day Escape. William and Caleb are with us. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Can we just talk about how uh, that intro encourages the entire circumference sucking? (laughs) Dude, I love that intro song, man. That's a band. That band... You uh, when you, we first started talking, you, you told me to check out your podcast. Obviously, like I'm going to listen to the intro because that's part of the podcast. And I remember I was cooking in my kitchen, and I just stopped completely everything that I was doing just to laugh because that was I needed that. You, you know, and I was what I was telling you guys before this podcast started. I don't listen to other people's podcasts, and I don't because my intro song would be totally different if I went with like someone else's. You know, it needs to be. Less than 30 seconds and just music. I'm like, you fuck that, dude. I like. I want to be loud in your face. I want to get like your attention immediately. And I think that does that. I mean, I guess uh, it's better than our approach to lure them and let them down. <laughs> so Modern Day Escape, man, you guys have been around for quite some time. And you guys yeah. are writing some new music, right? Yeah, so the... It's kind of funny. I mean, we went into full hiatus. We never thought we were coming back in uh, 2014. And then I had this stupid idea to convince uh, James, who started the band back in 06, I had this stupid idea to convince him that, hey, we should do a comeback because that's the cool thing that everybody's doing. 
And, you know, just through a little bit of back and forth, um, we mutually decided, yeah, you know what, let's do it. Let's, let's make a, a comeback. So we, we kind of took old music that we already had, rewrote it, um, modernized it, you know, because we've changed, music's changed, everything's changed. Um, went and recorded in, actually, um, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Do you cool. that? Yeah, you should have Yeah, so we recorded, uh, we had two sound engineers. We had Adam Woods out of um, Oak Ridge Studios, I want to say is the name of it. Uh, probably misquoting that. And then CJ Cochran, who's the lead guitarist for Outline Color, who's also based out of Oklahoma. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So I didn't notice when I was listening to today. I went online uh, just to you know look up the band and read some other articles and things like that. And I was listening to some of your older songs from like the early earlier two thousands, and mm-hmm. then the songs that you have now, or especially uh, "Worst Kind of Curse" that just came out. Uh, the the music style has definitely changed a little bit. You know, okay, I'm gonna put us in a time vault. And we're going to rewind back to 2013. I want to say, okay, we were doing um, we were doing an interview in Orlando, Florida, in absolute torrential downpour rain, and we said two things that I think hold very true to this day. Number one, you can't pigeonhole us and put us in a box. And to quote James, our singer, he said, "We like to be in a lot of holes." <laughs> um, and the second thing too that holds true to this day is we had just come off of writing an album that in our books, it was kind of our radio rock album. Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, it, it was experimental for us in a way, but we, we, on that interview, we said the next music that you're going to hear from us, it's going to be angry. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be way more brutal than what people are expecting. And you know, it's kind of funny. We didn't actually, it's not like we watched interviews like, yeah, we got to do this for the comeback. It just kind of, happened because some of the material that we had uh-huh. that we uh, rewrote stemmed off of that place do you do you feel like when so there was a little time gap there with the band when you guys were i would say you guys are coming back to another peak but on your last peak maybe 2013 14 ish did you feel a lot of push from like management and record labels to do more radio types like was there a push to write a, a, a different sound than what you guys already had? 100%. Isn't I'm going to tell you how, right? I'm going to tell you right now that it's not just management. Um, if anything, I know we like to blame management, but, you know, the guy who was our manager, if anything, was trying to help us, it was really more the record label, if we're going to be completely honest. Yeah, so, you know, and I, and I hear this all the time. It's really kind of cool that I noticed that I think, and I think you'll understand sometimes you hear a band, their first album comes out. And a lot of times when the first album comes out, they have a lot of stuff they did before they were signed to the record label. Right. So they come yep. out with those songs that maybe the record label kind of jazzes them up a little bit, add some, you know, whatever they want to add to it to spiffy it up. But then, and, and the first albums always, most bands when they come out, their first album is like, that's their band. That's them. That's their sound. And then the second album comes out, and the second album fucking sucks. So my theory on that is, and I, I can't remember if it was Sayosin or Story of the Year that said this, but I think it holds true for just about anybody, is that first album, some is the first two albums, if material from the first gets rolled into the second, um, 
you know, they've had their whole lives, quote unquote, to write what would become that. Right. And then, boom, you're on a record label and now you've got to get another album out in quick succession. And I think that adjustment's hard for people. It's obviously very doable and a lot of people can do it successfully. And I like to think that Modern Escape did that successfully too. It's just, it's a hard adjustment. Yeah, man. Is Caleb, are you playing Pokemon Go back there? <laughs> oh, I'm just chill. <laughs> here, let me hit here. I can. Oh, oh dang. Oh, dang. Let me see if I can catch anything good. Hold up. <laughs> let's see if we're in Pokemon Hotspot. Yeah. Let's, that's right. Folks, you turn in. Ha! Surprise. Pokemon. What's up? All right. Perfect. Yep, oh, we got stop. a Bulbasaur. <laughs> so everyone who knows, Modern Day Escape, they love Pokemon Go. So, dude, Okay. Worst kind of curse. I know you guys are proud of this song. This song really, when I heard it, it sounds obviously it sounds really good. You know, you know, obviously. I want to ask you some some questions about this song, but I want to play it right now on the podcast so we can get this show going. So this is a worst kind of curse with Modern Day Escape. Awesome, awesome music, guys. Let's jam it right now.
I mean, if that doesn't get your attention more than my intro song, I don't know what will. Because that is fucking awesome. Like, the transitions in that song, how long did that, to- how long did that song take to write? Um, so technically, technically four years. But, um, I mean, as for putting it on this album, um, I, I would say it took us nine months. To like really hammer it down. And then even once we got to the studio, like um, in the first verse, when you kind of hear that lead guitar riff come in, that wasn't written until we were actually in the studio. Okay, um, so are you, so when you write your music now, that, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I said just saying that one, te- that part technically wasn't even written yet. Um, we weren't sure what we wanted to put there. And if you if you think about it, that song does not follow any kind of normal song formula. Like normally, it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, bridge. chorus. Right. Right. This goes verse. I would say bridge. Yeah. <laughs> chorus, verse, breakdown, bridge two, chorus, outro. Yeah. Outro. You always gotta have the, you gotta have the you guys have the out the outro in there. Do you guys so, so, and the, look the band is originally from Florida. Do you guys even all live and you live in Utah, right? <laughs> Can I say that none of us actually live in Florida now? Like <laughs> uh so uh Vegas who like I said founded it, um he now lives in Chicago. And I'm in Utah, and obviously he is as well. And uh, Caleb is. I am. <laughs> um, our drummer is in Nebraska, and then our lead guitarist, he's in uh, California. How do you guys practice being so, like, is everything, like, done on, like, sending files and things like well, that? A lot of that. Um, Caleb here, actually, I'll let him talk about it, but he found something really cool so we can practice remotely. Yeah, Caleb, so, what is that? So it's it's a fun little program called Jam Kazam, but I mean, it's still kind of like the technology still hasn't caught up with like practicing. But I mean, it worked good enough. There was a yeah. There's not a lot of lag or latent latency with it, but it, it's good enough that you can basically plug an audio interface into it and make sure that you can you know have your nice little plugins all ran into it and make sure that everybody's everybody's in time and practiced up. So. Uh, but we can we can really really thank uh, the pandemic for for putting that technology along farther. Yeah, I I want to piggyback off that and say the other thing too that's nice is so with the way technology is now versus how it used to be, uh, you know, even five years ago, is we can record an isolated guitar track, right? Like somebody's got an idea, they can record it, they can apply drums to it. And obviously, they're, they're digital drums. They're not the real thing. Right. They can send that idea off to everybody else. Say, hey, what do you think about this? Feedback happens. Changes are made. Maybe lead guitars or rhythm guitars for myself make a change. Add a new dot layer to it. We write our own parts to it. That sandwich keeps getting a little bigger and bigger. Then we go to the studio. We sit down. We track everything. And sometimes we can re- retool things once we're in person. But usually by that point, we've had nine months to get to that point where we're, we know what to do. And then after that music's recorded, we have isolated tracks of our own individual parts. So we can play and, and practice to what we actually play on the record. Not like, oh yeah, 
I think I play this. <laughs> is it is it going to be like weird? Is it going to yeah. be weird when you guys when you guys go back on tour? Because I mean, you guys are dropping new songs, so I'm sure there's like some maybe tours. You know, post COVID. It's not going to be weird to play together for once. Um, Because even, I mean, six years ago, before we went on break, we were in the States. And what we would do is we would fly in two weeks before any tour. We'd do a full band rehearsal. Okay, admittedly, day one, probably a little rough. Um, By the end of that that second week, we're ready to play shows. We're ready to go and kill it every single night. Um, You know, so that's what's going to happen again. And I... You'd be surprised at how many bands actually do that nowadays. Like, biggest band that I can think of that's really in everybody's face right now is the Horizon. Yeah. Well, they got band members who live in different countries. <laughs> wow. Right? So. I didn't know that. No, I, I, I didn't know that. And it is like that. And I guess even without COVID, I think bands were still starting to do that you could be in a band like i interviewed a band the other day where there's one one's from switzerland one's from one of the guys is from sweden and those that you know that's 20 hours away which is what i found out talking to them and you know so they kind of do everything digitally as well i think it's easier for a singer though to be like far away but i feel like the rest of the band i think it's like you guys live close to each other obviously and you, you got the bass player with william and then caleb's a rhythm guitar player right so and he he can do keyboard and he can do you know some programming and he can do lead guitar if he needs to right so if we need to practice that stuff together we can yeah and I think that that probably helps out for the rest of the band honestly that you guys kind of live close to each other yeah well you know the only person I think that truly gets the short end of the deal is always the drummer in this because (laughs) his miking up a drum kit is a lot more than you know. For a hundred bucks, you can go buy an interface, plug it in your computer, and plug your guitar straight in, and bam, you're ready to go. Um, I mean, that's the most basic form of it. But yeah, the drum engines—they're getting getting an interface in and of itself to record like the different. It, you need at least eight mics, in my opinion, to record it. Get a decent drum recording, and you need and a those, quality room too. Yeah, and that's just somewhere somewhere north of maybe five to six G's. Those, <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm a drummer, so I I, I know because we were going to do some distance uh, recording with the band that I was in for a little bit, and then I started doing the podcast, and I just said screw it. Uh, because honestly, I see all, I see the struggle that you guys deal with as bands. I'm like, fuck that, dude. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be in a band anymore. Uh, but but you know there is a struggle being being in a band. But you know you guys fortunately already have like a base built. To yeah. come back and kind of rock it, you know? I'm going to be honest. Uh, at the point that I was in my life when we made the decision, at the point where James was in his life, our drummer, our lead guitarist, now Caleb, he's brand new to this picture, so sorry, bud, you weren't considered. You know, if we had to start from scratch, nobody knew who we were, and we had to build a base. That way? Nah. Nah. I'd stay at home and play Call of Duty. <laughs> I play PUBG. I play PUBG sometimes. Yeah. No. Um, it, it Honestly, it's because of the fact that we had a fan base, and that, that was the main thing. Because we saw a lot of other choice bands doing uh, comebacks. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? I think it's time for Modern Day Escape. Yeah, dude. And that song you guys came out with is good. 
I want to play Revenge is so sweet. Uh, when did mm-hmm. th- when did this song come out? I can't. I'm gonna look it up right now because I want to say it was in March, but I don't want to misquote you. Okay, that, that would just be very bad for me. <laughs> this is our first single back too. This is off of just right off of our hi- hiatus. This is the first single that we dropped in seven years, right? So it, well, six years because the. New Life came out. No, yeah, it would be seven years because New Life came out twenty thir- in June of twenty thirteen, and then Revenge came out twenty twenty. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so it dropped April twenty fourth, uh, twenty twenty. Yep. All right. So it's still a new song. It's still a new song. I want to talk about dropping singles instead of EPs. Remind me about that when this song's over. I'm gonna write it down. Actually, I'll remember. But if I forget, you remind me. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Revenge is so sweet. A modern day escape. <laughs>
James decided to crash the fucking party. Uh, what's up, dude? Dude, I just I got my penis. So I said that. <laughs> he did say that, and that's his role in the band. <laughs> Besides being a singer, he also pulls out other people's penises. That's his specifically only in my band. Only, Only in your band. band <laughs> yeah. no, no other bands. Okay. I And I do have to... I, I told you to remind me to say it, and I wrote it down. Dropping singles instead of EPs or full-length albums. That's what you guys are doing now. And why mm-hmm. Why is that? Every band's doing it. You know what? I'm going to let James take this. Um, it's so we can get more penises out. <laughs> is it awkward yet? Okay, perfect. Now you're <laughs> Is everybody's palms sweating? Good. Perfect. No. Uh, so basically, uh, I guess, I mean, the reason why we're doing it, uh, it's just, so we would write 10 song, 12 song, 13 song albums, and people would hear two songs like, okay, cool, sick, and then they shut it off because there's 750 million other bands just as good, if not better, songs than us. So instead of spending way too much money on music that no one's give a damn about, we figured spend a fair amount of money on one song that we give a damn about, and then hopefully everybody that listens to it will care too. Um, then that way uh, people will get a chance to connect with it and digest it and really enjoy it versus be like, I'm overwhelmed. You know, it's like you go to Netflix and then you're like, oh, there's all the, oh, look at this, look at that. Oh, and then you're like, oh, check Hulu. And he's like, oh, oh, he's like, prime video. And like, oh, dude, oh, dude. And then you're like, <laughs> spending more time looking at all the cool shit that's on these super awesome sites than you do actually. This way, there's only one penis out, and you have to look at it. <laughs> you know, I, I can tell why you're the lead singer of the like the singer of the band uh, with your personality. Definitely I, the more outgoing personality of the group, I would say. Uh, well, that's outgoing is uh, a little bit more than you bargained for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm broken. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, the band accepts you too. Thanks. All I'm going to say, James, is you need to listen to his intro. You'll you'll find a particular one-liner in there that'll crack you up. Good. That makes me feel better. We have a, you know, we have a pretty good podcast. I think we try to have a pretty good podcast. We try to have some laughs, make some jokes, have some fun. Like I told the guys earlier, I don't listen to other podcasts. I, I just fucking wing it and do my own thing. Uh, because I I don't care what other ones sound like, you know? And I'm, I don't I don't know. I just do me. I, okay, here's a question. I was wondering about this. On Facebook, you have a little over 288,000 followers. Do you guys have an automated messaging system? Like, if someone sends the band a message, is there, like, an automated message that gets replied back to what they asked? Uh, No, we just do everything by hand. We write, we pretty much respond to every comment, every message, everything. It probably ends up harming us in the long run because we're too accessible to our community, but... We are normal people, and we try to express that, and that we don't do anything special, and we just want to have a good time. So we do everything by hand. Mostly Will, because he's a psychopath, and he goes to the bathroom 50 times at work, so he can do that. Um, but if not him, it's myself or Caleb. So, yeah, we pretty much do, we do everything by hand ourselves. That's awesome. I think, I think what James meant to say is because I have to respond, I, I air quote <laughs> Go to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, I get. I, so you quote unquote go to the bathroom so you can respond to these messages. And he only goes pee completely nude. <laughs> and he sits down. 
Well, I sit down backwards. That way, oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. I like to use the shelf to put my uh, tablet. Nice. He likes to, I can he play likes along. to hold the toilet bowl. Like the back of it, he likes to hug it. <laughs> Dude, okay, we got 15 minutes left. Uh, James, that's awesome that you decided to join last minute. Um, Corpse Masquerade. Let's ask James yeah. Masquerade, right? Corpse Mac yeah. Macaroni. Macaroni. <laughs> Corpse's Masquerade. Macaroni. When, when did this? When did this song come out? Uh, nineteen eighty-six. I think it was. This band's been uh, around since nineteen eighty-six. We just found out. This, and James is new hotness. <laughs> James's own words. This song probably really came out sometime in uh, the 70s. Let's play it right now. Here's Corpse Masquerade. Yeah. 
Yep, that song definitely has some, like I, like I said while it was playing, a little bit. Uh, there's some dashboard influence in, in part of that song, uh, which is awesome. What is, like, so as far as bands that you've played with and tours that you've been on and just con- your countries you've played at, what's, like, your favorite, most memorable moments as a band? James, you want to go first on that one? Uh, yeah, so, like, as far as my favorite tour I ever went on, it would probably be in, I think it was, like, 2010, we went on tour with the Golden Girls, and I've never felt so safe in my life when <laughs> B. Arthur held me in her bosom. I'll tell you what, that was, seeing all those little, little white-haired babies in the crowd really blew my pampers off, I'll tell you what, Jim. Does he always have, does he, is he always like this, even at band practice? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see I, that. I got I a buddy think, like that. I think my favorite tour would have had to have been uh, 1935 when I got to tour the Top Ramen Factory. Oh, that was a good one, dude. I remember that one, bro. <laughs> you toured Classic. the Top Ramen. What are some like the What are some of the bands that you've played with that maybe have influenced your band as so, as far as like song structure or style? Do you have any anything like that? Um. Um. I can't say that we've like played with like shared a stage with bands that were directly influences because it's more of a peer to peer relation at that point. Right. I can I can name one. Okay. One band that we played with that really has directly influenced me that no one ever calls me out on is Taking Back Sunday. Wow. Yeah, that's so respectable though. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're fun. they're a good band. There's like so many bands that like. So this band will get a lot of heat because we, we came out in a certain genre movement, you know what I mean, with that screamo phase, and we get a lot of heat because of our names sound similar to other bands' names. We all used to wear black with lots of eyeliner and skinny jeans and long black hair and yada yada. <laughs> but to be honest, I was we were ripping off bands that everyone calls us, and they're like, you guys are stealing from this band, you don't want to be this band. And we're like, actually, joke's on you, we were actually uh, directly influenced in ripping off other bands that you guys missed out on, so... <laughs> Yeah, dude, take you back, take you back Sunday. Uh, I used to listen to all their music like in the early two thousands. I was de- I was definitely an eyeliner, skinny jeans, uh, emo, screamo kind of you know person, and I, I kind of still am sometimes. I mean, sometimes I'll still rock the eyeliner. My wife's like, dude, you're old and bald now. <laughs> Does it really matter as long as you got to live those glory days of wearing your DC uh, court graphic shoes? I had them. Uh, your backwards flat bill cap and you got to rock out to some from first to last the use or 30 seconds to Mars, you know? Yeah, those are all, all, every single one of those bands is so awesome. Yeah. And your band is awesome and I'm happy you guys are making a comeback and starting to play music again. I think that you have a lot of fans that have been waiting for it for a long time and, you know, that's has to, it has to feel good when you played your music on Spotify, you got like 20,000 downloads the first week, right? Uh, I'm going to say this. It will feel good the moment that every single person who said that we couldn't actually acknowledges we were right. Yeah. And that and that proves, man, 20,000 downloads your first week. How do you guys, are you guys planning on trying to get like on Octane or some of these other radio stations? How does that work? Like, are you able to do that? Uh, how does that whole process, how does that happen? 
we can't afford it, to be honest with you. It costs a lot of money, and there's a lot of sucking penises in this industry, <laughs> and I've got enough dicks in my mouth already, I can't fit anymore. So we <laughs> probably won't be on there anytime soon. But we want to. We really do. We love... It just It's honestly, the industry, man, realistically, is it, it's at the point that it's a pay-to-play. That so is you, so crazy. It's like, it's like, you know, when you get those, those app games, you know, those, those games on your phone, you're like, oh, you can't crush shots. I love this dude. Oh my God. And you're hitting all the little things and the little buttons. You're like, oh, and you got hooked on. You're like, dude, I'm level 25, bro. I need to go. And it's like, you're out of gems. You're like, fuck. I need gems, bro. I need gems. <laughs> so you start swiping your card. They need deep. You know, you're in debt. You're selling your kids toenails. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, Timmy, can't go to college this year. Daddy's got to get his jemmies. <laughs> dude, I can't believe you have to pay Octane. For them to play yeah. your songs, like, has it, was it always like that? Let me get this one on you. Uh, to some extent, yes, there was always that element. Like you would, for your management, pay to get on a record or like on a radio station, right? Because think of how many bands are wanting to be on there, right? So even if you're good, if there's another band that's just as good but is willing to give you five hundred thousand dollars, two thousand, five thousand, aren't you going to pick them over the guy who's not giving you any money? That, you know that. Um, so I, I understand it, but here's what I think is absolute crap, and I'm calling them out hard. So, like, literally last week, Spotify announced that they were going to do this thing where it's like, hey, guess what, guys? You can earn less money on your music for more exposure. And I think to myself, great. So we're already not making Spotify pays point zero zero four three seven cents per stream, and you want to pay us less than that? Cool. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Hold on. So twenty thousand downloads your first week plus. How much does that even pay? Like, how much do you make from that? Like five bucks, if, if that. Let me let me put it this way: for we did our our second single we released, "Sunny Places, Shady People," got like one hundred and fifty thousand plays in its first three months. Uh, I mean, it's over that now, but I want to say made like. 500 bucks off that one song right okay i mean that's you 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 see the number and you think it's going to be way more than that right so you i guess you would say you make most of your money then from like is that, is that true i guess with every band you make most of your money from when you go on tours and play shows absolutely not where where bands money comes from is buying their merchandise especially no. if it's an if it's a band that's an independent band that's not so, like, if it's not a syndicated label that's you know has their own merchandise store, if it's a band with their own solo merch store, like currently, right as I'm calling it, I'm working on our merchandise store right now, like rearranging, cleaning up. If people gave a damn and wanted to support Modern Day Escape or any band that's not like, like I said, that's that, that a massive label uh, or the massive size that are selling out, you know, House of Blues and higher. Oh hell, even forget about that. Even bands that are selling House of Blues. Is, if you want to support a band directly, you buy their merchandise at the show or online on their direct. Uh, merchandise stores. That's really how you support a band. What's your, Buying the records doesn't mean shit what's your, anymore. What's your website going to be called? What is your website where people can go on? Uh, you said you're working on, on it, but if people want to buy merch right now or, or here very soon, where can they find it? Uh, our merch store has been up for a minute. It's storefrontier.com backslash, what is it, official MDE, I think, if I'm not it's mistaken. actually might just be MDE now. Let me double check. I'm going to open up right here. I was, I was creating something to do. There we go. A little bit of uh, 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 View my store. Hee-haw, hee-haw. 
<laughs> you should know that, dude. You're 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 crashing a podcast. You should know your links, bro. Get it together. <laughs> I mean, I know dude. I'm a dumpster bit. Yep, it's storefrontier.com backslash mde. So let's just use ours for example. Like if anybody wanted to support our band or anything, dude, that is what it is. Touring. Most of the time, bands will pay other bands to go on tour with. So there's a buy. It's called a tour buy-on. So say. I'm just going to use, I'm going to use a band, two bands, okay? Okay. There was one band that we toured with, I won't say their name, and another band named Kill Switch Engage, which everybody knows. And then I'm not calling them out. This is like kind of industry standard. So this band paid $20,000 to go on tour with Kill Switch Engage to open up for them, right? Okay. In return, in hopes, they ended up making back double that. They ended up walking away with around $40,000. Wow. But most of that was from merchandising. But if you don't have that initial 20K to go up front to a band, you better hope it's the right band. And you better hope they pull the right crowd. And you hope people actually give a shit about you and you're on stage right. to sell your merchandise otherwise, to make that money. Otherwise, you lose, uh, you just lost $20,000. Hey, we only got like a minute left. I got to play the outro song. Don't go anywhere. You got to stay right there. Thank you for being on the podcast. Modern Day Escape. Go check them out. Everyone already knows who you guys are. But if you don't, you fucking do now if you listen to my podcast. So. Stay right there, guys. Don't go anywhere. Peace. the American dream, the big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.